you can turn in your Bible to Romans 14. And good, good evening to everyone I haven't greeted yet. We came in from a prayer meeting and there were too many people to greet, so good evening to you. Romans 14. Um, so I was all ready to continue the series on marriage and family, the second sermon on divorce. And on Thursday morning, I thought, no, I must deal with this issue of the vaccine. And you're going to hear in the sermon weaved in reasons why I thought it necessary to preach on this. Because uh, in the past two weeks, I've just seen that, that Christians can disagree quite strongly on this, uh, even to the point of getting into arguments. So Romans 14 and the theme you have there, coronaphobia. That's, that's an actual word. Coronaphobia and the vaccine of coronaphobia and the endstuff. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll hear his word. Our Father in heaven, we praise you for your goodness to us. As we heard in the time of testimony in the beginning of the service, and even as we just sang of your goodness, your glory, of your name, as your word indeed says, like we sang, your name is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. And we also know that same passage says that to the rich man, he thinks his money is a strong tower. But it's only in his thoughts where you in reality are a mighty fortress, O Lord our God. Give us ears to hear and a heart to understand and eyes to see the truth and the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Master, our Savior, our King, our Redeemer, our Friend. We praise you and give you the glory now and forevermore. Amen. So I have noticed two kinds of fears during this whole, whole time of COVID, what is called a pandemic. Uh, but I've seen two kinds of fears. The one is where people are so afraid that they'll get COVID and die. They're so afraid of COVID and of death. That's the one side. The other side, you have people, they're so afraid of the vaccine. They think it's the triple six. Uh, they think that Bill Gates and the Illuminati are going to take over the world and oppress everyone. Now, maybe you hear me saying that and you say, well, I'm not in either of those groups. I'm not afraid. And maybe I am in one of the groups. I do believe the vaccines, the triple six, or Bill Gates is going to take over the world, or the Illuminati, or the other side. Yes, I am afraid of COVID, or I don't want to die, but, but it's not right of you to say that I'm afraid. Well, let me respond by saying, you might say you're not afraid, but if you, if you have become obsessed with reading articles about COVID or the vaccine, watching videos, posting videos, posting it on your status, sharing it on Facebook or WhatsApp, you've, you have a problem. Even though you say you're not afraid, it seems you are afraid, or... If COVID and the vaccine has taken over your, over your conversations, that's what you talk about. It's taken over your thoughts, that's what you, what you think about. Or you stay home, some of you people online. You can't be here, but some of you can be here 
and you lock yourself behind doors, behind bars. You stay in your house. You don't come out. You're afraid of COVID. You have a problem. And it especially becomes bad. It becomes especially bad when people become, as in Afrikaans say, warm onder die kraag. You, you even become irritated and angry and you fight with other Christians about the issue, whether it's the vaccine or whether it's COVID, you have a problem. I read this week, because I just heard it somewhere, and I didn't know if this was true, so I checked it. There are court cases in divorce courts, people getting divorced because of the vaccine, people getting divorced because of COVID, and their strong views on COVID. And it's sad to see even Christians tackling one another like two bull terriers or two pit bull terriers, tackling one another and getting into heated arguments about COVID and the vaccine. I mean, two years ago, none of us even knew about COVID. Two years ago, none of us even talked about the vaccine. Now, now, maybe you're not even a Christian because you disagree with my view on the vaccine or disagree with my view on COVID. You think differently than I do. So how should we think about COVID? What does the scripture teach? Well, I'm going to give you six commands. The first command is do not judge one another. That's in verse 1 to 4 and verse 10 to 12. Let us read Romans 14 verse 1. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. Let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It's before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Okay, skip to verse 10. Why... Do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you pass or you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. You know as well as I do, that people abuse and misuse Matthew 7 verse 1, where Jesus says, do not judge, lest you be judged. And often people use that verse to cover their sin, to excuse their sin. So they're busy doing something, something sinful, and you address the issue, you talk to them about it, and then they quote the verse. Don't judge. You know, who are you to judge me? Now, Paul didn't use the, that, that teaching in a wrong sense. Paul used it in the correct sense, when Paul tells us in this passage, don't judge one another on gray areas. On black and white areas, we can say that is wrong, that is right. But these are gray areas. What is a gray area? A gray area is anything that you cannot bring me a chapter and verse. You cannot say this chapter, this verse in the Bible says you may not or you must. And the COVID vaccine is one of those areas. It's a gray area. You can't quote any verse to say the vaccine is wrong or the vaccine is right. So a gray area is anything the Bible doesn't command or the Bible doesn't forbid. So how should we deal with these issues? Well, first of all, verse 1 says, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, accept him, 
accept that person. So here's a, here's a Christian, he's, he's got an issue with a vaccine. His conscience says, don't take the vaccine, it's dangerous. Welcome that brother, welcome that sister. Accept him as a brother in Christ or her as a sister in Christ. And the Greek word actually means you should, you should show a very strong interest in the person. You must take the initiative to reach out to that person and not say, I write you off because you disagree with me. And that's especially necessary. Why? It's necessary because who do you like to associate with? Who do you like to be friends with? Who do you like to talk to after church and drink tea with? The person who agrees with you. You don't want to spend time with a person who disagrees with you. You, you. Sometimes we even want to write them off. And what happens, that's actually dangerous, because what happens then, if you start making these gray areas the issue of agreement or disagreement, later on, what happens is you take hands with unbelievers. And then you say, oh, we are one. And then there's the Christian who disagrees on the vaccine, we're not one. So now you've become one with unbelievers? Now that's your family? Now that those are your brothers and sisters? You've written off your real brothers and sisters because of, because of a vaccine, because of your view on COVID. And so, so what, what becomes the determining factor now for your unity? The determining factor for your identity doesn't become Jesus. It's not Jesus anymore. It's COVID. It's the vaccine. That determines who, who's your brother and sister and who's not your brother and sister. And that's wrong. That is wrong. Jesus wants you and he wants me to welcome that person who has a different view than you do on the vaccine. He says so in verse 1. The one who is weak in faith, welcome him. He, his conscience bothers him about the vaccine. Don't write him off. Don't write her off. Welcome them. And why must you do so? Verse 1 says, not to quarrel over opinions. Don't say, welcome, welcome. Let's have a discussion in my house about the vaccine. I'll show you you're wrong. No, welcome him. Why? Not to quarrel over opinions, but because he's your brother. He's your sister. Not to say, I'm going to convince you of my view. I'm going to show you. Now, some people believe that the vaccine is right. They believe it's right to take the vaccine. God has given us the technology to develop these things, so you may take the vaccine. Verse 2, let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. Let not the one who abstains. Oh, no, that's verse 3. One person believes he made any, anything, verse 2. The, the weak person believes only vegetables. One person says vaccine is right, and God has given us the technology. All things are created by God. We can use uh, nature and creation to our benefit. And other people say it's sin. It is wrong of you to take the vaccine, like verse 2 says. You can eat only vegetables. You're sinning if you eat meat, especially that meat that was offered to an idol. You choose what you want to believe. You choose how you want to view the issue. Do you think the vaccine is right? Do you think the vaccine is wrong? And then verse 3 says, don't despise the one who disagrees with you, who says, uh, no, no, uh, I'm against the vaccine. Don't despise that person. Don't think uh, you're worthless. That's literally what the Greek means here. You're worthless and you ignore that person, and you, you, you legalistic people. You people who say we can't take the vaccine, you're just being legalistic and you, you uninformed and you childish and you superstitious, and you irresponsible. You're going to kill people if you don't take the vaccine. You're going to make them get COVID and die. Don't do that. Paul tells you, don't do that. Verse 3, let the one who eats not despise the one who abstains. Let the one who does 
believe in the vaccine and takes the vaccine, don't despise the person who doesn't. And then the opposite, verse 3b, let the one who abstains not pass judgment on the one who eats. So there are people who do want to take the vaccine, and they believe it's right for them to take it. Don't judge them. Don't say, yeah, you unspiritual people, that's why you take it. Uh, you, you're just supporting this whole world system. You're supporting the Illuminati. You, you, you're supporting abortion because they, they use the cell line of an aborted baby aborted in 1970, what's it, 1973-74, I can't remember the date, in, in Holland, and you using that, and that's how the, they developed the vaccine. And so I read some articles on that, and the article I read said that abortion was illegal in Holland in 1973-74. Only in 1984 was it made legal, which we, of course, as Christians, believe it's sin. Uh, so some scientists say it was uh, utopic pregnancy, a base swangerskap, uh, or miscarriage, or a they remove the baby from the tube, yeah, the utopic uh, pregnancy, to save the mother's life. And so it wasn't a case of murder. And besides, those cells have been cloned and cloned and cloned and cloned hundreds of times. And it's not um, what's before there. Before there, abortion. It's not promoting abortion because they're not saying, let's abort more babies, let's murder more, more babies to um, do this research and to develop vaccines. All right, but you can check that. I've got the footnote on the blog and you can read the, the article by Christian scientists on, uh, on this issue on creation.com's website. So, so don't go and say that the person you've, you've taken a vaccine, you're a baby murderer, you promote abortion and, and you doing evil stuff, and you're getting the triple six, you're getting the mark of the beast, and you're not honoring God, verse 3b says, let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. Why? Verse 3, at the end, God has welcomed him. God has welcomed that person in Jesus Christ. Who are you not to? Now, maybe you say, that's exactly my problem. That is exactly my problem. My problem is that God has not welcomed that that person in the church who has taken the vaccine. God has not welcomed him. Why? Because he's taken the triple six. He's taken the mark of the beast. Please, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, show me the chapter and verse where it says that the vaccine is the triple six or the triple six is a vaccine. You see people run to Revelation 13 verse 16 where it speaks of the mark of the beast and what you've done is, is you have now actually twisted the Bible to fit your view because it says in Revelation 13 verse 16 that the people will take the mark on their right hand and their forehead but you change it to mean, oh no, your forearm, your upper arm. That's not what the verse says. It doesn't say the upper arm where they give the vaccine. You've just changed it to fit your view. And besides, the forehead, the forehead and, and the right hand is probably symbolic in Revelation 13, like it is in Revelation 14, verse 1, three verses later, where it says that those who belong to God, those who belong to the Lamb, His name is on their foreheads. Where's His name on your head, written in permanent marker? It's not there, it's symbolic, it's symbolic language. Like in Deuteronomy 6 where God said you shall put the law as a mark on your right hand and on your forehead. Now people say, that's a literal thing. Well, that's what the Pharisees thought. 
but I don't think it was ever meant to be literal. And I know the Jews did that, but what it was meant is symbolic, meaning in everything you do, all your actions, remember God's word. And for it, in all your thoughts, remember God's word. And that's exactly what's going on with the triple six. It means that Satan has so influenced these people, people's thinking, he has so influenced their deeds, in everything they do, in everything they think, they are doing the will of the devil. Actually, who is the person who's being influenced by the devil? It's the people spending all their time and hours and hours researching on, I'm not talking about medical doctors and scientists, I'm talking about just us. You spend all these hours researching and reading and watching the next video on the vaccine and the next video on COVID and the next video on COVID and you start debating with people, you start arguing, you start fighting, you are being influenced by the triple six. You are being influenced by Satan in the way you think and in your actions. So pull yourself together. If you want to make as if Revelation 13 meant nothing to the first readers, those very first people who got the letter to the seven churches, if you want to say, no, it meant nothing to them, it's all about COVID and the vaccine, poor Christians in the first century, they didn't know it's about the vaccine, they didn't even know what a vaccine is or what COVID is. And so if you start saying, no, this is the vaccine, Revelation 13, the triple six is the vaccine, then it meant nothing for, to the first readers, and then you say, God is not a clear communicator, because he writes letters to people in the first century, they don't even know what it means. And actually, God's trying to hide the truth from us, because he wrote Revelation 13 to those first seven churches, and I know the applications are for us too, but he gave it to the first seven churches in the first century, so they read Revelation 13, they have no clue. They don't have a clue what this means. What's COVID? What's, what's the vaccine? And so is God trying to hide stuff from his people? Or, or should we take the text as it reads? Should we say, oh, Revelation. Oh, it's a revelation. Does it whip and barring? Does it bekent marking? God wanted to show them what he means. And they knew it. Now, you might not agree with my view on the triple six, but I'm going to say what I believe. Revelation 13, verse 18. John writes to them and says, if you have a mind of wisdom, you can work this out. So he tells the very first readers, you know who the Antichrist is. You know who the triple six is. You know who the Antichrist is. Let me give you his number and you can figure this out. His number is 666. So they knew who he was. And you can go and read more, because the sermon's not really on the triple six tonight. You can go and read more. I've got a link on the internet. When you go to the sermon, you'll see a little number. You click on it. Oh, and then it says, go to this sermon if you want to read more on the triple six. Let me just say this to you. If you believe the vaccine's the triple six, you got it from YouTube. You did not get it by opening your Bible and doing responsible Bible study. And besides, it's not your place or my place to judge someone else's servant. And that we read in verse 4. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It's before his own master that he stands or falls. And it ends by saying, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. The Lord will make that Christian brother or sister stand. 
They will not fall. God is in control. God keeps his people. No one will pluck them from his hand. No one will separate them from his love. If you think that the vaccine is stronger than the blood of Jesus, then you've got a very low view of Jesus and salvation. And another thing is, if you believe that the vaccine can make someone lose his salvation or it's the triple six, well, then you don't believe in salvation by faith alone. You believe in salvation by faith plus you mustn't get the vaccine. Then you'll be saved. And that's not the biblical gospel. And then, then in principle, you're not different from the world. You're not different from the world because the world wants to make the vaccine a ticket to get certain privileges. Oh, you want to fly overseas? You must have a vaccine. Oh, you want a certain job? You want to work for a certain company? You must get the vaccine. But you're doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing then because you want, to, you want to make the vaccine, you want to turn it into a ticket to get to heaven. If you get the vaccine, you can't get to heaven. So stop being your brother's judge. Stop thinking you're the judge of your brother or sister. Verse 10, why do you pass judgment on your brother? Why do you despise your brother? You're not the judge. Jesus is the judge. Jesus will judge. And we must leave it in his hands. He's the judge, and we will stand before him, and every knee will bow before him, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Whether you are pro-vaccine or anti-vax, you will bow before Christ. You will stand. You will give an account. Verse 10 and 11. Middle of verse 10, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it's written, as I live, says the Lord, that's from Isaiah 45, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God. And you will give an account to God, why did you take the vaccine? Why did you take the vaccine? You will give an account to God, why did you not take the vaccine? What was your reason? I don't have to give my reasons to you for why I take it or don't take it and you neither to me. We're going to answer to God. Number two, glorify the Lord. Glorify the Lord. That's in verse 5 to 9. Let us read. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of, the, honor, honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains is most no you do not abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Since my children were babies, we, we've been teaching them the catechism. Catechism is just question and answer, uh, teaching them Bible truths. And the very first question in their catechism, and the answer is, why did God make you? Well, that's actually the, the second question. Okay, who made you God? Why did God make you? To glorify Him and to enjoy Him. And that's biblical. Isaiah 43, verse 7, God says to Israel, 
You, O Israel, whom I formed, who I created for my glory. Verse 21, I created this nation, this people, to declare my praise. And a verse we all know very well, whether you eat or whether you drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. That is exactly why you should take the vaccine. That is exactly why you should not take the vaccine. If you want to take it, do it because you want to honor God. If you don't want to take it, then don't take the vaccine because you want to glorify God. Don't look around and look over your shoulder. What are the other people doing? Meh. Everyone's going there. That's what sheep do. And then you follow everyone else and do what everyone does. Don't do that. Know what you believe. Be convinced of what you believe. And then you, you act according to your conscience. Verse 5. One person esteems one day is better than another. Another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And then you make sure that you, you, you give thanks to God from a pure heart, from an upright heart, and you give glory to God when you do take the vaccine or if you don't take the vaccine. Verse 6. The one who observes a day, these are gray areas, remember, observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, in honor of the Lord. Because he gives thanks to God. The one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord, and he gives thanks to God. And most people don't do that. Most people fight about the vaccine. Most people get into arguments about the vaccine. Or they don't argue, they just think, you idiot, how can you not take it? You idiot, how, do, how can you say we must take it? And they get angry about this, and the reason is because they spend more time on YouTube than they do in the Word of God and pray. And they don't live like Christians. Why? Because according to the Bible, a Christian does not live for himself. He lives for the Lord. That's the very first thing when we follow Jesus, is you deny yourself. And you take up your cross, and you follow Christ. And that is what verse 7 says. None of us lives to himself. None of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. So even if you die, you don't do it for yourself. Even if you die, you don't think, how can I be as comfortable as possible and not be in trouble because I'm a follower of Jesus? No, you think, what will honor Jesus if I'm in trouble, whether I'm in trouble or not? It's like, it's like Revelation 12 verse 11 says, that they did not love their lives even unto death. They said, I'd rather die and do it for Jesus than live and I deny Jesus. John Payton did that. So John Payton was a missionary in the 1800s and John Payton goes to the South Sea Islands, to the New Hebrides, uh, today uh, Vanuatu and Tanna Island. So he wants to go there to preach the gospel to these cannibals. And uh, old Mr. Dixon gets up and says, Young man, cannibals, you'll be eaten by cannibals. And John Payton says, With all due respect, sir, you're going to be eaten by worms. And so your body's going to go to the ground, and you'll be eaten by worms. And so maybe I'll be eaten by cannibals, but whether I'm eaten by worms or cannibals does not matter because when our Lord Jesus returns, He's going to raise my body from the grave and your body from the grave, and we both can have a glorified body. Yes, John Payton thought, how can I honor God not only in life but even in death? Even in death. So the number one consideration, normally in Wurwirchen, the number one consideration when you're thinking, should I vac take the vaccine, should I not take the vaccine, is not, oh, maybe I'll die if I take it. 
Maybe I'll die if I don't take it. I better take it. That's not your number one consideration. Number one is, how can I honor Jesus in my life and in my death? And that's what these verses teach in verse 7 and 8. You know, what COVID has shown me and what the vaccine has shown me is how many Christians are still afraid of death. While Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 clearly says that Jesus came to die to free us from this bondage, from this slavery, from this fear of death, to free us from Satan who wants us to be afraid of death. So the actual great enemy here is not COVID. It's not the vaccine. It's not Bill Gates. Your actual great enemy here is your own fear. Fear of dying of the vaccine or dying if you don't get the vaccine. The mature Christian doesn't care whether he dies of COVID or whether he dies of a vaccine or dies of something else as long as I can glorify Jesus in life and in death. For, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Philippians 1.21 and that's Paul's point in verse 8 also. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we live, whether we die, we are the Lord's. Do you feel that way about Jesus? Then change your attitude. Change your attitude toward Christians who do not believe the same as you do about COVID and about the vaccine. Don't try and be their Lord. Don't try and be their God to tell them what they must do. You and I, all of us, we simply bow our knee to Jesus Christ like Thomas did and say, my Lord and my God. We confess him as Lord. Verse 8 at the end again. Whether we live, whether we die, we are the Lord's. The Lord's. He's the Lord. I'm not the Lord. The elders of this church, we're not the Lord's. No member in this church is the Lord. Your mother is not the Lord. Your grandmother is not the Lord. Your mother-in-law is not the Lord. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. And so that then you serve Him. You serve Him while you live, and you serve Him when you're on your deathbed. You still serve this Lord and this God, and you realize, even if I'm dead, even if I've breathed my last, on the other side of the grave, Jesus will remain my Lord. Because it says, whether we live, whether we die, we are the Lord's. When you die, you open your eyes and you're in the presence of your Lord. He remains your Lord. And you worship that Lord. Jesus lived. Or Jesus died. And Jesus rose again. And He's alive today. Why? So that He would be the Lord of the living and of the dead. Verse 9. No one else has that right to be your Lord no one else has that privilege to be your Lord. No one can play God over your conscience and tell you you must take the vaccine or tell you you may not take the vaccine. Whether that person is the World Health Organization, whether it's the government of South Africa, whether it's um, the elders of the church, whether it's another Christian, whether it's your, your MD at work, your boss at work, no one has the right to play God over your conscience. And these are gray areas. Now they can tell you if you don't take the vaccine, you lose your job, so be it. I don't want to take the vaccine, so I'll lose my job. Or, yeah, I don't have a problem, I'll take the vaccine. So you make up your mind about that, 
but don't let someone else control your conscience. There's only one Lord of your conscience, and his name is Jesus Christ. So under the authority of Jesus Christ, you have the right then to decide what you want to believe about the vaccine and what you want to do about the vaccine. Number three, consider one another. Neemakar and ach, consider one another. Verse 13 to 15. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it's unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one whom, for whom Christ died. Skip down to verse 19, verse 19 to 21. So then, let us pursue, Nayach, what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it's wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It's good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes a brother, your brother, to stumble. Paul and I spoke on Friday about how, how evil and how crooked and how twisted many business people are in South Africa. Uh, how they just cheat you. You go to a shop to buy car spares and they, they cheat you. Christians should not be like that. Christians don't just think, what can I get out of the deal? How can I actually undo just to get anything out of the deal? No, Christians think, how can I honor, honor God, number one? And number two, how can I serve other people? How can I help others? How can I be like Jesus, where Jesus did not think of himself only? Jesus put the interests of other people above his own. That's why Jesus came to the earth. First, to honor his Father, and second, to say, how can I serve others? And he gave his life. And we want to be like the Lord Jesus. So don't argue about gray areas. So I'm going to argue with you. I'm going to prove my point. I'm going to show you I'm right. And I'm going to make everyone believe what I believe. And then you, you post your stuff on Facebook about COVID and about the vaccine and put it on your WhatsApp status. And, and, and what you're doing in many cases, maybe you even mean to do it, is you want to draw out an argument. Let's, let's debate. Let me show you. And verse 13 says, don't do it. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. To prove your point and to show people you are right, that does nothing to help you grow spiritually and it does nothing to help them grow spiritually. Actually, it hinders spiritual growth. It hinders. Why? Because you're spending and wasting hours and hours reading articles, news articles, watching YouTube videos, where you could have spent that time in the Word of God, growing as a Christian, and encouraging a brother or a sister. So the vaccine, it's, a, it's, an, it's an aside. Just a basic. The vaccine isn't a side, it's a, a side issue. So if you want to take the vaccine, take the vaccine. It can't do any spiritual, anything spiritual to you. It can't make you impure. Verse 14, I know and, and I'm persuaded in the Lord Jesus, nothing is unclean in itself. It's unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. 
But nothing's unclean in itself. It's only unclean if, if you think, well, it's unclean for me, then don't take it. But it's not unrein in zichself and op zichself. You know what makes you impure? It's not what goes into your body, Jesus said. It's what comes out of the heart. So what comes out of your heart? What is it? Fighting with other Christians? Being divided with other Christians over this issue? That's what makes you impure. Mark chapter 7, go and read it. And it's tragic. It's actually a tragedy that, that your view about the vaccine, your view about COVID, now becomes more important than that brother or sister for whom Jesus laid down his life. You care more about fluid in, 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 a, in a syringe than about a human being created in the image of God, than about a brother for whom Christ laid down his life. Jesus died for him, for her, verse 15. If your brother is grieved by what you eat, you're no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So please, don't go to another Christian in this church and say, oh, I got the vaccine. If you know they're against the vaccine, don't say it. Don't tell them. Verse 15, you're going to make them stumble. Don't say, oh, have you been for the vaccine, but you know they're anti-vax. Then don't ask them, have you been for the vaccine? Don't say, have you been for the vaccine, you moron? <laughs> don't do that. You're no longer walking in love, he says, if your brother's grieved by what you eat or grieved by what you take the vaccine or don't. So don't do your best. Please don't do your best to live out your Christian freedom. I'm free in Christ. I can take the vaccine. Don't do your best to live out your Christian freedom. Don't do your best to try and convince other people of your view. Rather, do your best to maintain and protect the unity of the church. To say, you know, you're my brother. I'm not going to fight you on this. You're my sister. I'm not going to get into an argument about this. Let's pursue peace. Let's see how we can build one another up spiritually. Verse 19. Let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Now, I'm not trying to say you can't take the vaccine if you want to take it. Now, verse 20. That's what I'm saying. Verse 20, the second part, everything is indeed clean. Okay, want to take the vaccine? Take the vaccine. Um, but, but don't get into fights about this. Don't get into debates about this. Don't make your brother stumble. Why? If you cause trouble in the church, if you cause division in the church, Jesus takes that seriously. He's going to deal with you. He said, if you destroy God's temple and we are the temple of the Lord, he's going to destroy you. And in Titus chapter 3, you can get this from the elders and it's out there. I've said it now, it's public. Then we will apply Titus chapter 3 verse 9 to 11 where people start fighting and arguing and debating about um, genealogies, and little words and this and that. And Paul says, if someone causes division, warn that person once, warn him twice, and if he does not listen, then for uh, so there will be church discipline if you cause division in the church about this issue. And I'm very serious about this. I'm going to tell you a story about this in a moment. Number four, focus on the kingdom. Verse 16 to 18. Let's read. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. 
For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. Now, I've seen even on pastors, uh, on their WhatsApp statuses, you see, it's like every status they post is just about vaccine and about COVID and about how stupid the government is and about this and that. And I think when I see that, I want to say to pastors like that, and even, I don't think other pastors watch my sermons, but if you ever stumble across this and you're guilty of that, I want to say to pastors like that, what are you doing? What are you doing? What people believe about the vaccine won't commend them to God. It read that. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8, where Paul says, food will not commend you to God. If you eat, you're not going to be more acceptable for God. I don't eat that meat. You're not less acceptable to God. Take the vaccine. You're not more acceptable to God because you got the vaccine. You're not less acceptable to God if you got it. Or I didn't get it, so now God's really pleased with me. Actually, what's happening, if pastors do that kind of thing, always just COVID, 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 uh, vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. That's all they post on Facebook and on, on WhatsApp. They talk about this all the time. Actually, they're they putting people off. You're putting people off and you're misleading people because they see that their pastor knows more, more about COVID than he does about Jesus. He knows more about the vaccine than he does about the Bible. Because that's what he's studying all week and checking on the internet and researching. Stick your nose in the Bible and feed God's sheep with a word, preaching the scriptures. Jeremiah 3 verse 15, I will give them shepherds after my own heart who will feed them with knowledge and understanding. Give them the word. People need hope. People need instruction. People need direction. People need comfort. People need salvation. They don't need someone else's opinion about COVID. Oh, just another opinion about COVID. We're tired of that. And people are tired of that. People need the scriptures. People need the gospel. People need the truth. And that truth is not your view about COVID. That truth is the 66 books of the Bible. People need leaders who will set the example and show people this is how you follow Christ. They need spirit-filled leaders who will live a righteous life, who will live, be at peace with God and others, and people who rejoice in the Lord. We don't need more somberness and more depression because everything's just going south and everything's bleak and dark and storm clouds, look at COVID and lockdown. We don't need more of that. we got enough of that. We want verse 18 kind of people or verse 17 kind of people. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom is about. The kingdom is not about whose view of the vaccine is right. Verse 17 not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not a matter of injections. Number five, remember your testimony. Verse 16 and verse 18. Actually, that previous one was just verse 17. I got that wrong on my notes. All right, so verse, 
verse 16 and verse 18 on the screen. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. In verse 18, whoever thus, thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. Now here's the sad part I wanted to tell you. And one of the reasons I decided, and I believe the Lord led it this way, I must preach this sermon. So two weeks ago, Deirdre's friend says, she, they started talking about church, and her friend said, our church is emptying fast. Why? Christians are fighting about COVID. So some people in the church feel, you stupid, how can you open the church? People are going to get COVID and die. Don't open the worship services. Don't let people come back to church. And other people feel, why don't you let everyone come? Just this nonsense of only 50 people. Open the church. Let everyone come. And so people in the church are divided. And therefore, because of the division and the fighting, people are leaving the church. I don't want it to happen here. So I thought, let's nip it in the bud. Smuro manikim. What, what, what kind of testimony is that to unbelievers? If Christians start fighting as hard as they fight, about this issue, about the vaccine. Verse 16, do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. That's just going to put people off the gospel. If they start seeing Christians fighting about the vaccine, it'll put them off the gospel. And then why do we change our name? Pfizer Baptist Church, anti-vax Baptist Church. Got two, two churches, the anti-vaxxers and the Pfizer's. Oh, my. <laughs> Listen, if, if we are filled with the Spirit, if we focus on the Lord Jesus, we will bear fruit. Verse 17, as we read at the end of the verse, the kingdom is a matter of righteousness, peace, joy, in the Holy Spirit. If that's the kind of people we are, then verse 18 happens. Whoever thus serves Christ in that way is acceptable to God. It's not, oh, you're acceptable because you got the vaccine or didn't get the vaccine. You are acceptable to God if you are in Christ and your life has been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. You are acceptable to God through the Lord Jesus. And what will happen then is approved by men, end of verse 18. Then you start drawing people to the light. You will never draw people to the light because you convince them to accept your view on the vaccine. You will only draw them to the light if they see, oh, these people aren't fighting like the rest of the world. They disagree with one another, and yet they won. They love one another, and they accept one another in the Lord. All right, and finally, number six, protect your conscience. Bevar your geweete, beskerm your geweete. Verse 22 and 23. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves, but whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. Whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. I can't remember who this guy was. Maybe it's, maybe it's one of you, so you must tell me afterward. Maybe my wife will remember. I never asked her. So a guy bride at my house, maybe last year, and so he just turns the meat with his fingers. It doesn't take a bride to... <laughs> <laughs> not you <laughs> he's got no more feeling in his fingers 
Hy het geen meer gevoel in sy vingers nie. Hy sê, he's, he's been doing it for years. Ek praal jare lang met my, met my hande. Maar nou moet hy nie so maak. Kom ek draai jou stikkie vlees op. <laughs> ja. Alright. Your conscience is like that man's fingers. It can become like that man's fingers. It can become insensitive. It can become hardened. Your conscience, God has given you a conscience, a gewete, to, it's like a, it warns you against moral pain, morele pain. It warns you when something is right or wrong. It should, no, no, that's, that's wrong. Don't do that. But if you ignore those warnings, when your conscience warns you, don't do that, and you just ignore it and you do that, then your conscience becomes insensitive, gevoelig, like that man's fingers. And what, hap- uh, what happens uh, later on, it's possible to keep on ignoring your conscience, keep on ignoring your conscience, keep on ignoring your conscience, and then later on you do something that is sinful, and your conscience doesn't bother you at all. You feel not schuldig nie. You've, you've, you've trained yourself to ignore the conscience, ignore the conscience, and later on, I, I, the best example I know of is and the example of Kempton Park. Because we live at the airport and the planes go over and I don't hear the planes anymore. We're so used to it. It doesn't mean they're not going over. And your conscience can shout, don't do that, don't do that. But you've, you've trained yourself to just block your conscience, block your conscience, block it out, block it out. And eventually it's still screaming, but you're not hearing it. You're not hearing it. You've become morally hardened. You've become morally insensitive. How does that happen? This is how it happens. It starts very often with gray areas. It's not wrong to take the vaccine. It's not wrong to not take the vaccine. But now, you look around, oh, everyone's taking the vaccine. Maybe I should take it. And you take it, but your conscience tells you, don't take it. Your conscience may be misinformed, but your conscience says don't, and then you do it. And then you do another thing. Your conscience says don't, don't play cards on a Sunday. My grandfather believed it's sin. But then you play cards on a Sunday and think, oh, let me just do it. People are going to think I'm weird if I don't. And then you do it, and that's just another step, ignoring your conscience. And then you think, no, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't ride my bicycle on a Sunday. It's sin to ride your bicycle on a Sunday. It's sin to go swimming on a Sunday. Because we grew up uh, that we weren't allowed to go swimming on Sundays. Now, the Bible doesn't say you're not allowed to go swimming. Where's the chapter and verse? It's not there. But that's how we were taught. And then you might think, no, it's not wrong to go swimming on a Sunday. And then you do it. And that's one more step, ignoring the conscience, ignoring the conscience. And then one day, your conscience warns you against something that's really sinful. Don't steal that but you can't hear it. You can't hear it. You've, got so, you've gotten so used to ignoring the conscience. No more feeling. No more feeling. No more feeling in the conscience. Because you made other people's conscience the measuring stick for what you must do and not do. Oh, they're all taking the vaccine. Maybe I should too. That's not your conscience. That's their conscience. Live according to your conscience, not according to what their conscience says. 
and live not to please people, live to honor God, as we saw. And the sad thing about all of this is because you've ignored your conscience, ignored your conscience, ignored your conscience, you become so hardened and you no longer obey God at all. You just live according to what you want. So do you understand why it is sinful and why it's dangerous for you to act against your conscience and for you to destroy someone else's conscience? Don't tell them, do this. Leave them. Let them act according to their conscience. And if your conscience is misinformed, then read your Bible and read it lots. And then the Bible will start helping you to say, all right, conscience, come in line. Your conscience is misinformed. It's not sinful to play cards on a Sunday. All right, come in line with the Word. And then you start acting biblically according to what God teaches in the Bible. So please, about the, the vaccine, I'm, I'm to, nearing to the end now, keep your opinion to yourself. Keep your opinion to yourself. Verse 22. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Do you believe it's right? You don't need to tell everyone. You don't need to go and tell everyone, you know, I've become a virologist since last year. I studied at the University of Google. <laughs> and I know more than anyone else in the world, more than any. I'm so clever. People don't want to know how clever you are. Just what, what do you believe about the vaccine? Keep it to yourself. Rather study the Bible and if you, if you get into the Word then you'll start seeing, oh, oh, this is not sinful. This is morally neutral. Oh, this is sinful. This is bad. Then you'll know what's good and what is bad. And you'll be able to make an informed decision about the vaccine. And do what you want to do and don't, don't force your opinion on other people. And let me just end with this illustration. That is how it works in my house. Some of you may be shocked at this. I'm not shocked at all. My wife and I don't have the same view on the vaccine. We don't agree on it, uh, about taking the vaccine. One of us thinks, I want to take the vaccine, and the other one of us thinks, I'm not going to take the vaccine. And that's fine. My marriage is better than ever. <laughs> Truly, my, I'm thankful to the Lord. I'm not bragging about it. I'm really thankful. And I love my wife to bits. And she loves me to bits. And the vaccine, what we believe about the vaccine, makes zero difference at all to our relationship. And it should be the same in the church, and it should be the same in this church. And then, if we do so, then God will pour out his blessing on this church and on his church if we as Christians do this and God will look upon us with favor. And I want to end by just reading you three verses and that is from Psalm 133. And so here's what David says. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. Oh, it's like perfume. It's like the dew of Hermon, the Sabah, 
which falls on the mountains of Zion. It flew off and it flew off, and so it brings life. Where this, this unity exists, there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Amen. Heavenly Father, I do pray that you would forgive us our sins. Where I even know my heart has not been absolutely pure in this matter, where I've become irritated and angry, even with Christians, Lord, brothers and sisters in the Lord, forgive me for my sin, and forgive us for our sins, Lord, where we have not treated one another with respect, thinking, how can I promote unity? How can I help someone else's growth? But rather thought, how can I prove them they're wrong and I'm right? Please help us, Lord, to pursue peace and to build one another up in Christ. And would you then make your face to shine upon us. In Jesus' name, amen.